Today we're going to be in the book of Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 9, reading verses 14 through 18, Mark 9, 14 through 18, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. This is when Jesus heals a boy with an unclean spirit. And when they came, and that they is Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. It's nothing like when Jesus walked into your situation. <laughs> And greeted him, and he asked, and Jesus asked them, what are you arguing about with them? What's going on, y'all? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. They were not able. I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they came up short. I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they couldn't do it. They were unsuccessful. They failed. They, someone say they. They They took an L. They took an L the L. They took, the disciples in that moment took the L. And that's the subject um, we're going to have for today. The subject is taking the L. Taking the L. We're all going to have experiences in our life in which we fail. That should be no secret. No matter how anointed you are, no matter how talented you are, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how determined you are, you're going to have situations in which you fail. No matter how holy you are, you could be holy and connected to Jesus himself, but you're still going to come across times in which you fail, times in which you're going to have no choice but to take the L. And for those who don't know what that means, take the L, you're not going to find it in the Oxford Dictionary. You're not going to find that phrase in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. You're going to have to go ahead and Google the Urban Dictionary (laughs) to find out what take the L means. Take the L simply means to take the loss. Take the loss. So it's pretty much when you fail at something, you're taking the L. So it comes with failing when you're getting beaten at something or when you lose something, it's considered taking the L. And when I think about taking the L, I can't help but think about this meme. You can put it on the screen. In which times people take the L. You will see it on the screen, this meme. is uh, When it comes to taking the L, you'll see Shannon Sharp. He got a hot L ready to serve on whoever just failed. And when you think about it, when you flunk an exam, that's considered taking the L. When you get played by a player, that's considered taking an L. When you lose all your money in a pyramid scheme, (laughs) 
<laughs> My man, you took an L. You took an L now. When no one touched your dish at the family reunion. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ma. You took an L. People was hungry. They just didn't want what you had made for them. <laughs> and when the disciples failed to cast out this demon, in this moment, the disciples took an L. Someone say, take the L. Take the L. Take the L. We're all going to have times in which we fail. But the thing is, especially the kids growing up in this new digital age we live in, this new technology age we live in, people just showcase the successes. And we envy the successes not knowing about the failures. And so I was watching this, um, this highlight reel on Instagram, Michael Jordan, all his game-winning shots. And when I was watching that, I, I immediately thought about his quote when he talked about how many times he missed the game-winning shots and how he was trusted 26 times to hit the game-winning shot and he didn't make it. But we don't post those. We post the shots that he make. And he said that those moments is what drove him. Those moments when he failed over and over and over again, that's why he succeeded. And so a lot of times we look at the success not knowing that a lot of that success has a failure behind it. Failure before it. You, don't, you notice the failures. We don't see the failures, but the failures are necessary. I say this all the time, conflicting but necessary. Taking L's in your life is conflicting with what you want, but sometimes it's necessary to push you forward. I remember in, in, in high school, I had a very, you know, a blessed blessed career playing basketball in high school and I remember somebody said it just seemed like everything is just working for you all the doors are just opening up that motivation that drive we just seen they just looking at the successes not knowing that the uh, motivation behind that was because one of the biggest failures at that time of my life that I took like that was I remember the first time I got cut from a basketball team that hurt my feelings <laughs> Because you think you're good, but then when they say, nah, you're not that good, bro, that hurt you, that, that hit a little bit. And I remember it was eighth grade year, Nelly, I don't know if y'all remember, he had an AAU team called Nelly's Dirty Ballers, and not dirty like D-I-R-T-Y, his dirty, dirty E-N-T, that little record label. He had a, a Nelly Dirty Ballers AAU basketball team, and I went to go try out for it, and I felt very good. I was like, okay, I can do this. This Nelly, we got the same first name. It's favoritism right here. <laughs> and I didn't make the team. And I was hurt. And I was hurt. And we don't think about that. It's like when you lose a game, when you really gave something your all, that's when it really hurts. When you poured your heart out. Because that's the point. When you really, so when you don't try something, you fail, you're like, ah, that's cool. But when you really tried and really wanted something to work and really went, poured your heart in it and you failed, that's when it hit. That's when it hit different. Like when um, I, I heard somebody when they when we was watching the Super Bowl, I don't understand why these grown men crying is just a game. You don't understand all that hard work that went behind it. They gave that game they all, and they lost. They came up short. Think about times in your life when you gave something your all, and you wanted it to work out, and it just came up short, and it didn't work out in your favor. You gave that relationship your all, and it didn't work out. You gave that job your all, and it didn't work out. You gave that dream your all, and it just didn't work out. That's when you just 
Ah, it just feels weird. It feels unfair when that happens, when you give something your all and it just doesn't work out. And that's why I couldn't, um, back then when I was in, I just couldn't think about that in eighth grade. You know, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking, I just failed. But I'm not knowing, like, it's like, because I really tried, but not knowing that this was going to be needed to show, like, okay, I need, I have areas of improvement. Because that's what taking the L is all about. Taking the L simply shows that there's a gap somewhere. There's a gap. Someone say gap. There's a gap somewhere. There's a gap between your skill set and the skill set that's required for the next level. There's a gap. There's a gap between where you are right now and where you need to be. There's a gap somewhere. And you don't really understand. You don't really see that gap until you take an L. You thought you was enough. Okay, I wasn't enough. You thought you had what it took to, to, um, to take on or be successful in that assignment, but you failed. Okay, I got to go back to the drawing board. There's a gap between the current, the current version of you and the version of you that's required to be successful on that level. There's a gap somewhere. There's a gap somewhere between your current money budgeting skills and the budgeting skills that's required for you to thrive financially. There's a gap somewhere. There's a gap. There's a gap between a version of you and a version of you that's required to have a healthy marriage, to have a healthy relationship. Because what you gave is not enough for what was required. And that's what failure is all about. You, didn't, you simply didn't have what was required. What you gave was not enough. There's a gap. There's a gap. And you're probably thinking, there's a gap but how do you fill in that gap? How do you fill in that gap between where you are and where you need to be? And that's by inviting God into that gap. Yeah. Asking God to fill in that gap. Because I don't know about you, but we serve a gap-filling God. Amen. We serve a gap-filling. God is a specialist at filling in gaps. Think about times where you felt like you wasn't enough and God made you enough. Look at Moses. Moses had a gap. He made Moses enough. Moses, he filled Moses a gap. Gideon was afraid. God filled in that gap. Jeremiah was too young. God filled in that gap. God will fill in the gap so, so you can, that bridge between where you are and where you need to be for him to use you. Because we all have areas in life that we're insufficient in. We all have gaps in our life. And God is a specialist at filling in gaps. God is a specialist. At I feel like if this story wasn't, if, 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 if Jesus came back, he would not be a carpenter. I felt like Jesus is so good at filling in gaps, he'll work at MoDOT and, and take care of these potholes for us. <laughs> Take care of these potholes. These potholes are getting out of hand. I fell into a pothole so deep, felt like I was going to hell. I said, what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Satan made this, <laughs> Satan made this pothole trying to get me. <laughs> it's getting hot falling in here. <laughs> filling these gaps. God is a gap-filling God. God will give you the tools you need to bridge that gap. And failure is the tool that you need. 
Failure is that tool that you need that will wake you up. That will get your attention and show, okay, it's areas I need to really improve in. So taking the L is conflicting but necessary. Because God uses failure as a way to grow you. And we need to learn, if we want to be successful in this life, we need to learn how to manage the ills we take in life. A well-managed failure produces growth. When you manage failure well, you take that failure on, you take that L, and you manage it, and you see, okay, where do I need to improve in so I won't fail again? It produces growth. But a mismanaged failure leads to stagnation and doubting God. You start doubting God when you don't manage that failure well. Because God is all about growth. God is all about making you better. God is all about, God loves you too much for you to stay the same. And that's what the taking the L is all about. God is trying to change you. God is trying to get something out of you to improve in. That L was necessary. Someone say necessary. It was necessary to wake you up because we are all victims of routine. We are all victims of routine, victims of stagnation, victims of complacency, victims of just cruise control. You ever live life just on cruise control? Don't really have no desire. You just, you, you comfortable. You comfortable. And we can all become victims of that. But the, here's the thing about failure. Failure disrupts your comfort. Failure is an act of disruption. Failure is an act of the cup. When God is ready to use you, God is ready to take you to that next level. God is ready to uh, have you increase in level in areas that you're weak in. He's going to have to disrupt some areas in your life. Because we serve a God of disruption. We don't think about that. God will disrupt to get your attention. God will disrupt to get your attention. God could disrupt simply means to interrupt by causing a disturbance. God will disturb some areas in your life to get your attention. Because that's when, when you start taking L's in certain areas, they wake you up. <laughs> You're going to go back to that drawing, but okay, what's going on? Because it used to work, now it's not working. What's going on? God is a God of disruption, could disrupt, drastically alter or destroy the structure of. When I came across that definition, I fell in love to destroy the structure of. And so when God is, when they, when God is uh, allowing you to fail, he's disrupting the structure of comfort, disrupting the structure of routine, disrupting the structure of complacency, disrupting, disrupting the structure of just chilling. We like to chill. We get a certain point in our life, we get comfortable. We don't improve really. We just, we cool. We got a nice level. Hey, this is my field right here. This is where I'm just going to ride life out with, just on this level. And a lot of times we hold ourselves back from what God is calling us to do because we chilling. We chilling. And God needs a way to get your attention. God needs a way to wake you up. And guess what? He some failure can happen. That L will wake you up. He'll disrupt your sleep. Don't y'all hate, y'all love y'all sleep. And God will wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, I got to talk to you for a second. Like, oh, it's too early. Come on now. It's too early. Can at least be, uh, look, anytime after 1030 is good with me. 
It's good. <laughs> now, I'm a morning person, so I'll be ready. Sometimes I wake God up. Come on now, let's talk. Like, brother, man, I'm tired. <laughs> but have you ever been woken up randomly and God just trying to get your attention, just trying to have a little chit-chat with you? But God is a God of disruption, and we hate getting our sleep disturbed. Imagine you're in a deep sleep and somebody wake you up. You bothered. <laughs> just through your whole day. Now you're like, I can't go back to sleep because I got to be up in two hours now. So now you're just up for two hours angry. <laughs> I... And so the past two weeks, we've been talking about how the enemy loves to distract. But God loves to disrupt. Because disruption is not distraction. Distraction is stealing your focus so you can be ineffective. Disruption is getting your attention so you can be effective. Distra- distraction deals wants you to be ineffective. Disruption wants you to be effective. In order to be effective, he needs to get your attention because you sleep. You chilling. You chilling. And we have to look at ourselves and be honest. Be honest, when we fail, when we fail in a certain area of our life, we have to be honest. Was it me? Was it me? We're so quick to blame the other person. We're so quick to blame the enemy. But you have to look, was it me? I didn't make the team, blame the coach. No, was it me? I was not good enough. I know it's hard to say, hard to admit to yourself when you know it was me. I simply wasn't good enough. I simply didn't have what I thought was needed to be successful in that area. I didn't have what it took to overcome that battle. Was it me? We give the enemy too much credit, thinking it's always the enemy. No, it's us. We just simply wasn't enough. We didn't have the the skill set that was needed. We didn't have the patience that was needed. We wasn't the current version of ourselves. Like uh, even when it comes to failed relationships, you put the blame on other people, but was it you? Some people, it's never me. With that attitude, it was you. Was it me? Was I good enough? And you think about it, when it came to taking the L, the disciples tried and they failed because they simply walked into a level two battle with a level one fight. They simply walked into a situation that required more from them and they didn't have what was enough to, be, to drive that demon out. Yeah. So they took the L. They, it was, they didn't have enough. They thought they did, but they simply didn't have enough. And now they're in a hostile situation because they tried to do something, and it's a lot of people around. That's the, failing in front of people, ah. Uh, yeah, that's tough. And the thing is, your audience expands when phones get involved. <laughs> you know, you... Tr- if it's two people around, around and you trip, you're like, okay, I just fell in front of two people. No, man, they were streaming. <laughs> Australia just saw you, big dog, fall too. <laughs> and, 
And so that's what makes failure hard in today's time because you don't know who's streaming you. You don't know who's watching you, who's recording you, and you sending like, okay, look, nobody saw that. And then you go and you're the number one trending topic on Twitter. And you're like, what? And they failed in front of people. And it's a very angry environment, a hostile situation. To paint the picture for you, let's look in, uh, early in the chapter 9 when it came to Jesus taking Peter, James, and John and led them on a high mountain. And this is the Mount of Transfiguration. He led them to a high mountain to be alone, and he transformed in front of him. For this brief time, he took on the appearance appropriate for the king of glory. The Bible says his clothes was dazzling, and then um, Moses and Elijah appeared with him, and they all chatted. This is an amazing experience, an incredible experience, a dazzling experience. Peter, James, and John seeing all this happen, and then after this Mount of Transfiguration, after this moment, they come down and walk right into some mess. Don't it feel like sometimes trouble just be waiting for you? You walk into the room and just number chaos. Jesus walked in the room and he just see all this mess going on. He see a father that's upset, defeated disciples, people angry, the scribes arguing with his boys. And he like, you know what, I'm just going to go back into the car and just chill for a minute. Because <laughs> this right here is a little too much. Like, you ever, like, just stayed in your car a little longer? Because, you know, if I walk in there, I know it's just nothing but chaos going on. Just the lunch shift. I know it's naked. <laughs> I'm just going to stay and clock, clock in a little later. Because uh, these people irking me already. And some of y'all parents stay in the car a little longer. Because, you know, these kids, I know they in there. They waiting on me to come in. I'm just going to chill in the car a little bit with some peace. <laughs> Before I walk into this chaos, and Jesus got, he walked into a bunch of chaos. He walked into a hostile situation. And here's the thing. And the Bible said when the crowd saw him, when he walked into the room, they were amazed. And they ran to greet him. What's your reaction when God walked into your situation? You ever been in some chaos and Jesus showed up in your situation? How was how that feeling? Don't you feel good? Like, okay, Jesus is in this with me. You thought you was alone, but then Jesus showed up. You thought you, 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 were, you were experiencing by yourself, but Jesus showed up with you. The disciples were defeated. This whole environment is crazy going on. Next you know, Jesus walked into the room, and they were so amazed, and they were happy, and they ran to greet him. They didn't walk. They ran to greet him, knowing, like, okay, things are about to change. Because when Jesus shows up, nothing stays the same, like I always say. This situation is now under control. It's certain people when you, when, I remember, like, in high school when I was working at, uh, at NASCAR Speed Park in the St. Louis Mills, like, it got crazy from time to time. And it felt good when the manager showed up. Like, I remember people trying to skip the line and all this stuff, and I'm working by myself trying to get all this under control, and it's just chaos, arguments going back and forth, people ready to fight, and then the manager just walk in. Walk in. I said, okay, cool. That's what I'm talking about. I got some backup. Because <laughs> these people is irking me. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't curse on anything, but these people, they was pushing it. I'm like, look, y'all. I got time today, all right? I'm stressed out. It's hot. 
but then the manager showed up. So I can feel that's probably how they felt when Jesus showed up. It was like this situation needs to be under control. Next thing you know, Jesus walked in the room. And some of us are experiencing seasons in our life where we feel like it's out of control. Seasons in our life that we feel like, okay, I cannot manage this all alone. But now you need to know that Jesus will show up right where you are and take things on. It's out of control, it's out of control, it's out of control. And then Jesus just walk on in. And they like, cool, that's what we talking about. And Jesus like, what's happening, y'all? I see some people not happy. <laughs> I see some people are defeated, people crying, people upset. What's going on? And then a father like, I'll tell you, Jesus. I'll fill you in on all the details. I brought my son to your boys thinking that they was going to do what they've been doing. And they were unable to. And they came up short. Your boys took an L, Jesus. And here's the thing. The father wasn't upset about the effort. The effort wasn't the problem. They tried. (laughs) They just failed. They failed. Our effort is there. But you just came up short. And the thing is, sometimes people don't look at the effort. They just look at the result. It's how it is. You know, I tried. Well, you, you still failed, man. We, don't, we didn't get the desired result. You see it at the job when you fail at something. I tried. Yeah, but we still didn't get that client. We needed that client. And you came up short. And people, sometimes effort, it just goes overlooked. The father wasn't like, hey, I asked your disciples to cast out, and they really, he, they really tried, and I commend them for it. I like, know they failed. <laughs> they came up short, Jesus. I, he didn't mention nothing about them trying. But they took, and, and all this, this whole environment, this whole story, this hostile situation, all was a result from their failure. All was a result of they failed. They took and they failed in something that they've been commissioned by God to do. So that goes to show you no matter how anointed, you can fail in an anointed area. You can fail in an area that you were called in. That doesn't mean you're going to, when God brings you to something, when God calls you to an assignment, that doesn't mean you're going to automatically succeed. That doesn't mean you're going to, okay, cool, I don't got to worry about nothing, everything, good. And then you get caught off guard with a failure. That's because, all because you're connected with Jesus doesn't mean you won't fail. And these are his disciples. These are just like, these are, his, these are people that walked with God, walked with Jesus, walked with him, talked with him, connected to him, and they failed doing something that they've done in the past. They've casted out demons before in the past. That's the thing. See, I don't know, about, I don't know if I'm the only one, but when I fell at something I'm new in, it, it's cool. I'm new, I'm learning, that's good. But when I fell at something I know how to do, that I've done before, that's when it really gets under my skin. And I can just see them really trying like, come on, I done this last week. Come on, why is this not working? And they just throwing everything at it, and you tried, you tried, and you fell in the area that you like, look, I've done this before. I should be successful in this. I don't know why this not working. Control, alt, delete. It should be working. It's not working. 
Control log delete. It's not working. Did you press? I press and add the same button I always press according to the manual. It's always working. Today it's not working. <laughs> and that gets you. You get so bothered. Because I've just done this last week. I've done this last month. What was going on? I don't know what's going on. It's just not working this time. Stop asking me this. <laughs> That's how I picture what was going on in that moment with the disciples. They're like, hey, you tried it. I'm trying everything I did last week, and it's not working. I don't know what's wrong with this one. <laughs> and they failed doing something that they've done before. And you keep trying, and it's not working, because what they had was not enough in this particular assignment. They cast out demons before, but not this demon. This demon was a different demon. This demon was, was hit different. From the rest of the demons, this demon, this was, this demon was, uh, had a, made people mute. This demon was much stronger because it made people mute. It was a mute spirit. And in the eyes of contemporary Jewish exorcism, this was a particularly difficult, if not impossible, demon to cast out. This was because they believed that you had to learn a demon's name before you could cast it out. And if a demon made someone mute, you can never learn the demon's name to cast it out. So what prevented the boy from being healed by the disciples was the fact that he couldn't communicate. He couldn't communicate to the disciples. He was unable to speak. And if you think about it, that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to mute you. The enemy don't wants to take away your voice. Have you ever had a situation in your life that just left you so speechless you didn't talk to no one? And the thing is, when you when you're unable to communicate what's affecting you, you're stopping your healing. Because some people can't heal what's wrong with you until they know what's wrong with you. And that bothered me so many times when people, like, I, like, when people get upset, like, nobody can help me, nobody, they don't, you haven't said anything. And the enemy wants to take away your voice so you can suffer silently. You ever suffered a silently? A situation happened and you just don't, you just shut down, don't talk to no one about it. And then you upset because people not helping you but they can't help what they don't know. How am I supposed to know? See, God can read minds. Humans can't. I can see something wrong with you, but you can't tell me what's wrong with you. So you can't get mad at me for not being able to help you when I don't know where I'm helping in. I could just guess. And so that's why the enemy wants to take away your voice because when you don't speak, When you're unable to communicate what's wrong with you, you're going to suffer silently. People see that you're suffering, but they don't know what to do. Because you have to communicate. You have to communicate. Not saying you have to communicate to the whole world. Go go live. Y'all, this is what's wrong with me. No, safe safe people. Some people like, (laughs) I remember somebody was like, man, therapy don't work. But when they go to therapy, they never open up. (laughs) <laughs> even therapists say hey this will work when you communicate That's 
I'm unable to help you unless you communicate your feelings, communicate what's wrong with you. Then I can, okay, we can provide the best approach to heal you. I know some of y'all not feeling that, <laughs> especially therapy and I got to communicate my feelings. Well, if you, if you need help, yes. <laughs> if you need help, yes. And the enemy, this spirit muted him and they were unable to cast out the demon because this demon was more powerful. And the fact that this demon was considered more powerful because it was a mute spirit shows how powerful communication is. And you can be, you have to say something. Say something. You can be a Christian and still fail in an area you're anointed in. You can have a relationship with God. You can be holy and still fail in an area, still take an L in life. A relationship with Jesus does not make you immune from failure. A relationship with Jesus won't just make you successful in all that you do in his name. But what a relationship with Jesus will do is change your perspective about failure. Change your perspective about taking the L. Change your perspective, okay, why will I fail in this area? What are you trying to get from me? What are you trying to use this failure for. So that failure was necessary for two reasons. One, as I said before, taking L is for growth. God wants to grow you. In order to grow you, he needs to show you areas that you're insufficient in. Failures expose your wrinkles. Failures expose your wrinkles. We have wrinkles. God will use failure as an iron to iron out those wrinkles. I know that's hard to uh, really think about now that we, people don't iron anymore. <laughs> no, people iron like, look, I grew up in a military household, especially my dad is very, y'all don't know my he's very, very neat. And he takes ironing very seriously. And so we grew up ironing. Now, I still iron, but, <laughs> yeah, you still iron too? You still iron? Yeah, I still iron. Now, I don't do the starch. I feel like, okay, that's, I don't need that. <laughs> but I iron, but the thing is, now I see people just, you know, I'm just going to just throw this shirt in the dryer for about 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> and they'll get off these wrinkles for me. <laughs> and we don't want God to use the iron. We just God throw me in the dryer for about 10 minutes <laughs> to iron out these wrinkles, because I don't want to fail. Don't use the iron board. Don't just throw me in the dryer a little bit. And that'll be good. And some of us got fancy drives with the wrinkle-free settings. Yeah. <laughs> Look at people, yeah. It's amazing how all this just to not iron. <laughs> but when you fail, basically you're showing your wrinkle, and God wants to iron out those wrinkles. You have to be comfortable failing. It's a hard idea to really gather, but you have to be comfortable failing. When I first started doing comedy, one of the OGs of the game told me, said, bro, you need to be comfortable failing. Go to an open mic, you say a joke, it doesn't work, cool. Now you know how to get that joke to work. And so when you fail, okay, I failed. Now, because you managed it well, now you know, okay, this is what I need to do to succeed. 
This is what I need to do to fill in that gap. This is what I need to do to be successful at that level. And that's what taking the L is all about. Taking the L will show that this is where I need to grow in. This is what's needed to get me to where I need to be. And the second part of taking the L is necessary to show the limitations of man. Because man will fail. Man will fail. The disciples failed. And here's the thing. And when he commissioned, and, and here's the thing. The disciples cast out demons before. So although Jesus commissioned them to cast out demons before, it doesn't mean they were still on his level. <laughs> you can cast out demons all you want, but you're still not on my level. <laughs> you can speak in tongue all you want, but you're still not on my level. You can catch the Holy Ghost on demand like you say you do, but you still. <laughs> yeah, some people ready. They just ready for an opportunity. <laughs> that doesn't mean you own the level of Jesus. Yes, he anointed you to do something, but you're still not on his level. He called you to do something, but you're still not on his level. And that's what sometimes God needs you to feel like, hey, you still need me, brother. <laughs> you still need me to succeed. Now, I know you've been living a nice life. I know you've been living a nice life. I know you've been. So some of us get so used. Imagine if you never failed in your life. Imagine if every day you were just successful and everything you do, you were successful. Would you really be as dependent on Jesus? Would you, really be, would you really pray and ask God to step in on your situation? If you succeed in everything you do. So a lot of times, Jesus needs to remind us, you're still not on my level. You're still not on my level. Pastors are still are not on the same level as Jesus. Preachers are not on the same level as Jesus. Church folk are not on the same level as Jesus. And that's why man fails and Jesus is like, I will never fail. See, they might need the demon's name to cast him out, but I don't need to know the name. <laughs> and that's what separates us. See, that's what on my level, I don't need to know the name. But on your level, you need to know the name because you're not on my level. So don't put people on the same status as God. Because man will let you down. Because you think about it, don't put, Jesus didn't know the name of the demon to cast out the demon. And he told the father before he cast out, everything is possible to the one who believes. But the father, because of the disciples, because of the L the disciples took, he was like, I believe you, but help my unbelief. Because of the L the disciples took, the father had faith and unbelief in his heart. So he believed, but he didn't like believe, believe. And we all know when you use double adjectives, that, that's more, it's more serious. Like you could be broke, but at least you ain't broke, broke. People say that. <laughs> like I got some money. I ain't sitting there. I, I got something. Broke, broke, you ain't negative. I got some money to get gas. <laughs> And you see it all the time. I'm hungry, but I ain't like hungry, hungry. Like, 
you know, I ain't starving. I can eat, but I don't, you know, it don't got to be like right now, but pretty soon I'm going to get hungry, hungry, so I need a Snicker or something. <laughs> Some people right now, like, I can't wait for this. I'm getting hungry, hungry. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't believe, believe. He did not believe. And the father, the disciples let this father down and affected his belief. And we shouldn't let the failure of the people affect our belief in God. We should always believe, believe. Believe, believe. Believe, believe. The woman with the issue of blood, believe, believe. This is the same chapter we have, we in Mark 9, but we go back to Mark 5, that woman with the issue of blood, she definitely believed, believed. Like last week you talked about that word, nevertheless. Like she was unclean, nevertheless she still believed, believed. She still pushed through. The doctors told her she was unclean and they failed. She paid all her money and they failed, yet she still believed believe she was considered unclean no one could touch her she couldn't touch anyone but she thought to herself if I touch the hem of his garments I will be healed then yeah. that's believe believe and so when you think about a little deeper what she did she snatched a blessing she straight snatched a blessing Jesus walking by her she grabbed, she snatched a blessing she touched the hem of his garment and snatched a blessing. We need, how many of you will snatch a blessing? Like, I'm pretty sure she got a nice little handful. Like, I'm taking this blessing. <laughs> like, Jesus, I know you're walking by. You got your mind fixed on something else. But, hey, I'm not going to let this opportunity pass me up. Because <laughs> you can get in the presence of Jesus. Like, look, I just need to snatch a blessing. You come to church expecting, I'm going to snatch a blessing because I know this atmosphere, Jesus is here. I'm a, I want to snatch this blessing. I know last week I snatched somebody's wig, but this week I want to snatch a blessing. <laughs> Some people out here snatching more wigs than blessings. <laughs> but she snatched a blessing. She snatched a blessing. Shout out to everyone under the sound of my voice because she was bleeding in an area she couldn't control. She was bleeding in the air no matter how much she tried, no matter how, what the doctors said, no matter what the doctors did, she was bleeding in the area she could not control. And we all have areas in our life that are bleeding, and no matter what we try to do, it just keeps on bleeding. You tried your all, you gave your all, and, you, and that relationship is still bleeding. Your finances are still bleeding. Your health still bleeding. Your, your confidence is still bleeding. Your dreams are still bleeding. you like, what's going on? And you keep bleeding in that area, but she snatched a blessing. She snatched a blessing because she believed, believe. Do you believe, believe God can heal you? Do you believe, believe God can change, turn around your finances? Amen. Yes. People, yes, come on, come on. <laughs> Tax season coming up. Come on. <laughs> Do you believe, believe God can heal your marriage? Do you believe, believe God can heal your child? God can turn your child life around? Do you believe, believe? I mean, being a parent now, you can, I can see how when your child not doing right, it affects you. You can't live life the way you want to live because your mind is just so occupied because you want your child to do right. You want your child to be taken care of. You want your child to be well. And so when your child is out here living a life that's 
concerning, it affects you. No matter how old you are. I'm 31, but I'm pretty sure my life affects my mama. <laughs> and my daddy. My daddy's a sweetheart. If y'all know, this brother's a sweetheart. If something was wrong with me, as much as he goofy and stuff, this brother would be concerned. <laughs> I remember when, uh, I think, Tyrell, he was having issues with his car. My dad would, he'll walk to go see what's wrong. Because it's, we're his child. We're his child. And so a lot of times we want to believe, believe that God can turn around a situation that we feel like is out of control. Yeah. A situation that we're bleeding in. And Jesus cast out this demon. Cast out this demon. He was successful. The situation got under control because of Jesus. That's what he does. And that's what the peace of God is all about. Bringing calmness to troubling situations. When your mind is going everywhere, you don't know how it's going to get control. Jesus steps in and does what he does. And his disciples pulled him to the side privately and asked him, how come we couldn't do this? How are you able to drive this demon out when we tried everything that you've told us to do in the past that worked, but this time it didn't? And Jesus' response, he basically said, this has to be driven out by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Other translations say it was a faith problem. Prayer, and they didn't have enough faith to drive this demon out. As I said, there is a gap between the faith they had and the faith they needed to make this happen. I know last year a lot of people loved that faith on a new level type stuff like that. Like to get to that, there's a gap. There's a gap between where you are and where you need to be. And there is a gap in their faith. They didn't have enough faith to drive this demon out. And Jesus is saying, this comes by prayer and fasting. It isn't that prayer and fasting makes us more worthy to cast out demons. It's that prayer and fasting draw us closer to the heart of God. And they put us more in line with this power. So they, prayer and fasting is an expression of our total dependence on him. When you're totally dependent on God, that's where your power comes from. Being dependent on God. How dependent are you on God? I was reading a study and it just said, and it talks about how, like people will be, hey, technology has truly changed human life. (laughs) And they was talking about how people or more dependent on themselves because of technology. They don't have to depend on nobody. They can do it themselves. And if you think about it, that's affecting our relationship with God because you can get so dependent on you doing it, not knowing that God needs to do it. I don't care how, like it's some entrepreneurs in here are listening to me right now. I don't care how much you promote your business you try to you do all this work trying to get it but it's still God that needs to make it happen (laughs) 
It's still God that, that's going to align everything in place. Not the universe aligning everything. It's God aligning everything. We can become so dependent. I did this. It's my skills. I'm funny. I got my own gigs doing this. I'm smart enough. I got my own job. I did this. I did this. I did this because I'm just this talented and this gifted. And a lot of times we need to take an L so God's like, nah, I did this. And taking the L will reveal that to you. you. They wouldn't know that prayer and fasting was a problem if they didn't take an L. You wouldn't know areas in life that you need to improve in if you didn't take an L. It's the failures, it's the L's that you took in the past that made you you. You're the person you are today because you failed before. You're a better parent because you failed before. You're a better employee because you failed before. You used to be late and got fired. Now at your new job, you're on time. (laughs) You're like, look, I know what not to do now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know they're going to let me go for real. I thought they was playing. I thought they was just a joke. Like, no, brother, you gone. So you wouldn't be where you are now if you, if you didn't fail at some point right. in your life because that's what woke you up. That's what God disturbed your comfort. He disturbed your routine because we can all become victims of routine. So taking L's in our life are conflicting to our life but is necessary for our life. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. That's all I have for today about taking the L.